The worst kept secret in the luxury social events industry is that businesses are developed through networking, referrals and word of mouth. RSVP puts all of you in the room and lets the conversations happen. We are a member networking community for the elite of the global wedding and party industry, producing symposium conferences, awards, networking theme parties, breakfast clubs, and now weekly member podcasts and much more. So welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With podcast. My guest today describes himself thus. For my entire life before as a professional photographer, I worked with kids. I've been a tutor for 12 years, a teacher for five years, mentor, a camp counselor for nine years, a playground supervisor, a youth pastor. My entire life revolved around youth work. I still think working with youth is the noblest and most important job. I've since expanded my idea of mentorship to include adults and peers, and I love to inspire others and have inspiring conversations. In my 20s, I was living the scrappiest of lives, sleeping on a futon in a rented-out garage in Santa Barbara. I was teaching middle school math, tutoring in the afternoons, taking pictures for fun. I started travelling for fun at the age of 21 and was lucky enough to study abroad twice. Since then, I've made it life's goal to travel somewhere new in the world every single year. I value freedom over everything else and I'm working on a book called How to Live an Epic Freelance Life. I've been living that life for the past 15 years. Welcome to Lip Van Nostrand, photographer. Yay, thank you. Glad to be here. Now, um, we had lunch last week, and, and I've known you for a while. I didn't know that about your youthful history in, in teaching youth, I must admit. So uh, that was a yeah. bit of a revelation that you are an educator. And just on a personal note, for three years in my very early 20s when I was at university, I actually came to your fair country for three summers and worked on a summer camp. Oh, amazing. I love that. In, um, where was it? It was just outside of Washington and Baltimore in, in where, where was it? Maryland? No. It was in Maryland. Maryland. That was it. Maryland. Yes. Yeah. In, in Thurmont, Maryland. And it was a great time. It was fantastic. Beautiful. So I do understand why you would love doing it for nine years, for nine years anyway. So tell us a bit about growing up, your childhood, your first memory, Etc. Etc. I mean, it's all sure. Obviously, you had an idyllic one because you end up teaching people of the age that you were then. So, well, just tell us all about it. Where you yeah. grew up and everything. I did have an idyllic upbringing. I mean, I I lived in Santa Barbara. You know, um, my mother was a nurse. My father was a plumber. When I was growing up, and we were five minutes from the beach, and I I think I was like a lived a fairly sedentary suburban life in Santa Barbara. Um, I was interested in magic and like word puzzles. I had my friends, we rode bikes around. And uh, I I guess the interesting thing to note is my parents met on a commune, a Christian hippie commune Mm -hmm. back in the 70s. And so I was born on a commune. Um, which is wild, I guess, to think for five years, I, I lived there in that space. And then we kind of, they kind of mainstreamed out and just sort of became like normal suburban folks in Santa Barbara. But that was like the, the early, early days. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of grew up going to church. And then around 10 or 11, I started being involved with the, the youth in my church. And, and I made that my whole life for the next decade and a half, basically. So because I was like always playing with other kids and, and in this world, uh, in the churchy like youth group world, 
Um, I sort of continued that after I graduated high school and just kept working with kids. And I just loved that. I think it was like the best parts of my my youth. Do you remember the commune at all? I'm not, I don't go to church anymore. (laughs) I I don't remember the commune at all. No, okay, okay. I only have stories. I I don't remember a single Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Okay, okay. And are you still quite religious or or was that, have you grown out of it? No, I, I think around in my late 20s, I started sort of fading out of that or growing out of it maybe. And um, once I moved to New York 10 years ago, I, I, I sort of looked for a church for a while and then it, it faded off. And I, I just, there was nothing like no big major incident that happened, but I just uh, stopped going. And it's been about 10 years now. So I, I would not call myself a Christian anymore. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. So you are a photographer. We can, we, we don't really go into the professional side of people here, but we, we can tell the world sure. that that's absolutely fine. And is it your favorite art form or do you have others which are, which are, well, I wouldn't say that you're better mm-hmm. at because you want to earn, earn your living, but is there any other art forms that you ad, admire, say? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, you know, it's funny. I wouldn't consider myself very artistic, actually, but the thing I think for fun, I really like to color <laughs> like adult coloring books. I have one with me right here, actually, that I was like uh, playing with, but um I, I think, like, I'll show you. You can see it. The audience won't see it, but it's just like a nice little okay, okay. scene here. But um, is it quite a big industry, sort of adult coloring books? Yeah, there's something there. Oh, oh you know what it was, too? I, I should say this is important. I used to play bass guitar. So uh, I was in a rock band when I was 21, actually. Uh-huh. And I was in my church band for most of my 20s as well. So I was always like the bassist in the back, kind of holding the beat down with the with the drummer. And, and that... I still have my guitar. I don't have a bass anymore, and it's been a while, but I, that was like a big part of my life back then. I really loved playing bass, and, and I love, love, love music. So any, any favorite artists or genre of music? You go to gigs? What's the last gig you went to? Sure. I, I think my three, three, three genres of music would be singer-songwriter, just pure like vocals and an instrument. Mm-hmm. I love indie rock, indie anything that's kind of just outside the norm. And then hip-hop. I love listening to rap. So Really? Those are the okay. three genres mm-hmm. that show up most in, mm-hmm. my, uh, in my Spotify playlist. I'll say my favorite, my favorite band, though, is... Um, my favorite musicians, there's Lake Street Dive is an incredible kind of like soulful female backed band. Uh-huh. And Brandy Carlisle is like one of the greatest singer songwriters alive. So, okay. Okay. Have you ever seen them live? I have. I haven't seen Lake Street Dive, but I've seen Brandy Carlisle two or three times now. Yep. Okay. She's okay. fabulous. Wonderful. And are you into film, video? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm yes. going out to movies. There was no, I love going out to the theater. That's one of my like greatest little treats. And I, I have a, in America, there's a, there's a service called movie pass where you can pay 20 bucks a month and get sort of, you could see three, two to three movies a, a month with that. And so I'm, I'm trying to go out to the theaters like a few times a month. Absolutely. I really love it. You say theaters, meaning a movie theater as opposed to a live theater. Yes. 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 Movie theater. Yeah. Yes, I will yeah, be going yeah. to... Uh, the Lion King tonight. Oh wow! To watch there on Broadway, go. actually. So I'll okay. be in a theater, theater properly. Okay. Well, I'm sure you'll feel the love tonight. Tonight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, people got that joke anyway. Anyway, that's a very good joke, James. Yeah, no, 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 it's terrible. All my jokes are trite and terrible <laughs> and very, very corny. So, do you have a special talent that comes out maybe when you've had a few beers or whatever, or 
or you get a bit excited? Yeah, I do. There was a time when I was uh, around 26 or so, I started getting obsessed with the Rubik's Cube. And uh, yes. I could solve a Rubik's Cube in under a, uh, under a minute now. Uh, in, my, wow. in my prime, it was about 30 seconds of salt. Yeah. Every time I could solve it, 30 seconds pretty much every You're time. You're one of those prodigal yeah. geeky nerds, aren't you? That's at the age of 15. <laughs> I, I am definitely a little nerdy. Yes. Wow. I mean, I remember, well, 40 years ago when they came out, I had one and I'd, I had difficulty doing one side, let alone two sides or anything. So that's that's pretty amazing. Sure. I I mean, it's with the with the internet and YouTube and and online communities. There's like um, it, it became so much easier, I think, for kids now to have tips and tricks and and all the algorithms to solve it. So the the best kids in the world are are under ten seconds every time, which is insane Good to watch. God. Bloody hell! Wow. Well, and we talk about dubbing down. No, that's a fun one. I love it. And I can still solve Rubik's Cube anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> okay. So let's just think about Phil Van Nostrand in 10 years, both professionally and personally. Where do you think you'll be? What do you think you'll be doing? It's a great question. Um, I, you know, when I moved to New York almost exactly 10 years ago now, um, I always told myself I'd be here for just about five to 10 years or until I quote unquote made it. Um, I thought I'd have like a, a photo wrap and be shooting more commercial stuff and, and doing like fashion and magazines. And, and I really took a, a turn deep, deep into the luxury events world, which I'm, I'm so grateful for. And I could see myself in New York still for another five to 10 more years. But I think Ultimately, I will end up either in Santa Barbara, back home, which I love, um, or back in New Orleans, which I also love. Both of these cities are just near and dear to my heart. Favorite people are in these cities. Um, so I could see myself back kind of in my 50s, living the good life in Santa Barbara or in New Orleans, and still taking pictures all around the world. It's a slower pace of life. But then again, I imagine everything is a slower pace of life compared to New York. Everything is slower than New York, yes. Yeah, and New Orleans is known for, they even talk slow down there. So it's... um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, from that point of view. So you, you're looking for maybe an easy I like pace. that. I Maybe. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love building the business here and, and um, I'm not, I don't feel burned out or anything. Like I really enjoy the jobs that I'm doing. Um, I, I know now I could kind of be location independent and still do all, all of the work that I'm doing. Um, no problem. But I don't know. I like New York for now. I, it's really fun. And I love the energy of this place. So I'm not okay. leaving anytime okay. too soon. But future dream for Phil is also to own a house in one of these places. I think that that's always felt like an impossible childhood dream for some reason. And I will own a house within the next 10 years. Okay. Well, that's, that's a very good something to aim for, definitely. Okay. So in New York, you have every potential possible cuisine in the world. So what's your go-to type of food if you had a choice yeah go to go to if i'm like quick hungry and i know i want like a solid meal no matter what thai food um there's thai food all over new york city it's always going to be about 12 to 15 dollars for like a pad thai with chicken uh get some thai iced tea i really love my good thai food all over the city and that's like a an easy win for me i think okay wonderful and drinks what kind of, um, if you had a bar in, in your home with any kind of alcohol behind the bar or not alcohol, what would you order if you can, if you had the whole 
the whole world to choose from. Yeah, well, this is a fun fact about me. I, you might know this, but I, I don't drink at all, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really drank. And so I, I do it go to not, bars. It can be not alcoholic. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love hanging out at like a nice speakeasy style place or a loungy bar. And um, it's always going to be a mocktail. And it's always I think like my favorite is kind of like a gingery, like a Moscow mule, but like, um, you know, virgin style, like without alcohol. So Moscow mule, ginger, maybe cucumber kind of style. Which will go quite well with Thai food. Yeah, something crisp and a little fresh that's got a little kick to it. You have your home in New Orleans and in your home is a great big dining room and you're there serving your Thai food with a Thai chef who you, who you brought in for the night and you're, saving, and you're serving virgin Moscow mules with cucumber and everything else to all the guests. And some of the guests might be having a bit of alcohol as well. Sure, sure. <laughs> Who is around the dinner table? Who is your dream dinner party guest? And anyone alive or dead? Ah, this is a hard one, man. I, I can't fill the whole table. Who would you ever want to meet who you haven't met? Sure, okay. That's different than just my dream guests because I think my dream guests are going to be my closest friends. But but my idols, I'll say idols and, and I'll mix in a few of my like besties. Oh, okay, okay. I think... Annie, Annie Leibovitz, the photographer, would be sure. really, I think, incredible to just have at the table, hear stories about her shooting with the Beatles, you know, all, all the stuff. Like, she's had a like, prolific career. Andrew Levitt, the weather guy from, from oh, our yes. wedding industry, I want yes. there. He, he's currently in the process, I think, of buying a house in New Orleans right now. So he, he needs to be at that table. And he could tell us whether we can have it outside or not. 100% he can. <laughs> um, Andrew's great. You got to interview him on this one, actually. He's, he's a I good storyteller. I will uh, do. Also in New Orleans, my, my favorites is Belinda out there and Michelle Norwood. I would have them there as well. I think in terms of legendary people in the world, I, I think some... <laughs> This is a, it'd be a weird mix to throw in there, but um, someone like Mother Teresa, actually. Uh, I, in my 20s, volunteered at the Mother Teresa home in Calcutta, and and I just found her work to be so important and fascinating. And I kind of, you know, along with like the mentorship and youth stuff, just caring for others with love. So um, so someone like her might ba- balance the table out a little okay, bit. Okay, so did you actually go to Calcutta and work there in the... Home. I was in Calcutta in the in the home for the dying and destitute. Yeah, I, I spent about three weeks there total. Yeah, it was really really profound. Did you meet her? Was she very hands on? Was she there at the time that you were there? I didn't meet her. It was I think she had passed in the eighties maybe or maybe nine early nineties. Um, it was nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, ninety seven. So when I was there, just not too long after, um, there was maybe five five or six people who who worked there every day who had worked alongside her so i got like the next generation of of people who so even one of them they said she scooped up off the streets and then she's been working the the front door ever since basically so these people kind of touched and worked alongside her yeah anybody else apart from say to mother Teresa, they're around the table Do you want to get someone to, to balance out all the goodness? I know. I, I think um, probably uh, one of my favorite musicians, you know, like the Lake Street Dive team. I think I'd love them to be like playing in the corner a little okay. bit, but also yeah. like joining in the in the table. Yeah. And Brandy Carlisle, for sure. She's an amazing storyteller. So I'll throw those in there. I think that's a full table. Uh, that's a full table. That's wonderful. Okay. So you do love traveling. You've, um, you've, you've made that very, very apparent. And... 
in this industry, we we work crazy hours. We did we we work so hard. I'm imagining you've done many many back to back events. But if you have a few days off and you don't want to think about brides, grooms, photography, or anything else, where do you go? What's your go to place just to have a bit of a chill? In New York or in the world? Anywhere in the world. You've got the whole world. You can even leave the world if you want. So you can go to the moon if you want. Okay. The the one city that I've returned to the most in my life has been Cartagena, Colombia. Uh-huh. I think it's the most the most beautiful city. It's um it's perfect in many ways because it's uh it's extremely cheap. You can get anywhere in a car for like five bucks or less. Everything is pretty walkable for like the main parts of Cartagena. There's like the old town and kind of like the the neighboring Brooklyn style town. I just love that city so much. And I will be back again and again and again. I think Cartagena is is amazing and safe and lovely. And the food is great. They have five-star cuisine there and and really Mm -hmm. nice um, hotels and cool Airbnbs. It's just a fun vibe and, and warm and I love it. I love Cartagena. It's um, Edgar Zamora did his birthday there last year, I think, didn't he? And he, and he, he had a group oh, yeah. there. Yes, yeah, no, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, it's uh, great. It's it's easy. Okay, so that's where you go to chill out and relax, and also have a holiday. Yeah. And so we're going to now turn to the negative parts of Phil Van Nostrand. What don't you like? What irritates you? What can be put into room one hundred and one, which is you know where all the nasty things are. Um, and, the, and you think the world could do without. What don't you like about other types of people, objects or, or or personalities or is it kind of food or something that you think should never be consumed? Anything you want, all the nasties in the world. Oh man, this might be a little divisive for the, for the audience, but I, I am not a big fish fan at all. Mm-hmm. I, I've never loved fish. I don't love how it makes my breath smell. It's fine. Texture's okay. I'll, I'll eat fish, but it's sort of at the bottom of like my my. Tr- I don't hate it. I just don't love it. Okay. So fish okay. is not uh, for me. I, even though I like Thai food and stuff, I, I don't mind fish, fish per se, but I won't seek it out. Also, because I'm in, I think I like New York. It suits my like my fast pace of walking, my my fast mind, fast talking, and so I I can be pretty impatient with people who are slow either mentally or physically and there's something about like inefficiency that really uh, really needles me you know and so the inefficiency whether you're like getting from a to b whether you're driving somewhere the wrong way or or just like solving a problem in the in in like a slower way I like efficiency and fastness. I sympathize with slow walking. I, I am quite a quick walker. And, uh, and as you know, I've, um, I was in New York last week, which has wide sidewalks and everything. But still, I mean, I know that one time I, I got off of the subway at uh, Times Square on a Saturday afternoon um, uh, and I'm pushing past people and, and it's, yeah, no, it's, um, and there's lots of very slow walkers in New York and getting yeah, stuck behind them is a little problem, uh, I must admit. Usually because they're quite wide people to begin with, I think, you know, anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, so so New York can be... So some people don't get it, and, and especially the people that are from out of town, you know? Like, if it's a family from anywhere, Midwest, South, or whatever, they're, they're walking at their own pace and maybe three wide. The rule in New York, if you're on the sidewalk, you walk two people wide. Yeah. And if there's three of you, then the third one is kind of behind. But you're not you're not going three wide. It's too, <laughs> well, too wide for the sidewalk. If you are in New York, then you're probably just gazing upwards most of the time if, if, you're, if you're from out of town as well. Yeah. So you're like, oh, my God, look at how high that, that building is. I know. Real New Yorkers will just start walking in the street to get past the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was 
I was doing some That's of that funny. anyway, so maybe I'm, yeah, you're, you're I'm half it. local. Anything else you really uh, don't like? No, you know, I, I, it's a funny question because I, I really, I love to be positive. I think, I think my, my Christian days really trained me to sort of see the best in everything. And so I, I, I don't love to dwell on my negative, the negative stuff too much, but honestly, the inefficiency covers a lot of things. Um, and if I, if I sort of like lean into it, I, I get annoyed at people who are like talking too loud or the, the waiter who's taking too long or the person who forgot, well, what, you know, there's like so many things I could complain about, but I'm, I, you don't, you won't hear me complaining in public. Yeah. No, no. Well, n- no one's listening to this, so it's fine. It's okay. Good, good. <laughs> okay. Um, and how about embarrassing moments? Okay. You must've had mm. a, either when you were at a wedding or something and you fell over or, or even your personal life is, is it been something that's happened to you that is just, oh, and everyone's watching you and, you once wanted the the ground to open up and you fall into it. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, come I, on. I think yes. um, I have like a ge- general instance, and let me see if I can get to a specific one as well. Generally, I, I go to so many conferences every year, like seven to ten, that um, I often meet people. Thank you for your business, yeah. by the way. Yes, thank you. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, so many conferences and and like all over the map that I'm meeting people all the time and. And often I'll, I'll end up like last week I went to to Boston for a day for an industry event and I shook hands with a lady and she's like it, she wasn't mad at me but I, I was like hi and she's like we've met and I was like ah oh, shoot where and she's like just you know uh, last month or last year or whatever at some some conference and I had been to like seven conferences since I met her but um, she's like yeah we actually talked for a little bit in New Orleans I was like ah oh, God. I said, I told her, we need to have a meal for two hours for me to remember you. Otherwise, five okay. minutes is like, I'm done. I got nothing. And this yep. happens to me all the time, all the time. I I, I know people know me with the curly hair, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I'm just looking at a blank face. And it's really hard for me to like, if I don't talk to someone again, I, I, it just goes out of my head. And it, always embarrassing. Yeah. But I think if you are in this industry and you, and you go to the conference and... Uh, the conferences that people like myself put on, I think probably the best attribute that you can have is a memory for faces and names combined. It really is. Oh and, my gosh, hundred uh, percent. And I suffer yeah. from the same thing that you do, and I'm the conference organizer, right? But and that's why lanyards are invaluable, absolutely invaluable when you, when you're working the room. It, it is. Yeah, I always wish I had like a personal assistant who's great at that. And then as someone's approaching me, they whisper in my ear, oh, that's uh, that's Tanya. You met her, you know, like three years ago at this thing. We need the PA in The Devil Wears Prada. That's what we need. We need Emily Blunt. In oh, the yeah, Devil exactly. Wears Prada. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly that person to be like, oh, this is so and so. They're they're a florist. Yeah, they're a florist in Florida. And I'm like, oh, OK, yeah. And I bet that probably within the next 10 years, there'll be some kind of AI thing on your phone or or maybe if you're wearing glasses it pops Ooh. up or something in says, my ear yeah 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 so that is the emily blunt's kind of app which we need to create based on facial recognition or something exactly and and but it also tell you interesting things so i remember in the devil wears prada she says this is senator so-and-so you met him two years ago at x dinner don't mention his wife because uh, he's just got a divorce or, or something, and uh, you know, yeah, it, it, it's, it's brilliant, exactly. it's absolutely brilliant. That is what we need. Actually, note to self: create that app. I think because uh, <laughs> that, that will be invaluable. Absolutely, be invaluable. Okay, invaluable and, for sure. And for anything sure. else embarrassing or anything you want to confess 
to the world if you've done nothing naughty. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, man. Oh, man. I, yeah, I mean, it's the same sort of thing. Like, I, I don't want to confess. That, well, I don't think they'll oh, listen. Go but... on, man. No, no one's listening. A couple of weddings that I photographed where I'm like, um, I've forgotten the groom's name. I, I didn't get to meet them beforehand, you know, or like, and, and it happened this last weekend. I, I had only had one phone call with this couple and they hired me through the wedding planner. And so I came on the day of having like just meeting the couple. It was, it was, I'll say like Tom and Jane, that's not their name, Yeah. but mm-hmm. I just couldn't get, I couldn't remember Tom's name. Like I kept forgetting like, it's Tom, is it Tom or or Joseph, you know, like I couldn't, I couldn't get it. And so like, I'd be like, Hey man. Um, and, and it's for some reason the, the name slipped out too. I'm, I'm good at remembering other things like visually, but not like the place that we were at and, and what the sky was like and that kind of stuff. But when the, if it comes to the name, I'm just, so it happened to me this weekend. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, you must do an awful lot of gigs. So, um, um, uh, it's, it's very understandable. Um, we're coming to the end of our conversation. I'm afraid, Philip, uh, but it's been an absolute delight. Okay, okay. So thank you, Philip Van Nostren, bassist at the back, 30-second Rubik's Cuba, yes. an impatient fast walker, unable to recognize faces and remember names, and the curliest photographer <laughs> I know. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Thanks for being here. This is great. Thank you for listening to this RSVP podcast. If you'd like to go onto our mailing list or join RSVP, then please go to our website at rsvp.club or email me at james at rsvp.club. Please keep your feedback coming and speak to you all next week.